When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking... I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price $999.99. APR while supplies last. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Welcome to the Barcelona Podcast, episode 95, Unmissable Opinions, brought to you by the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community. 
Thanks again for tuning into the show. You can tap in your app and check the show notes to subscribe to the show. You can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter at the Barcelona Pod at Hilton D13 for me. Or, of course, you can join our closed Facebook group at tbpod.link backslash group. We also have a Patreon, Instagram, plenty of other places to find us. But I won't waste any more of your time because, obviously, you've got us in your ears. You found us. I'm Dan Hilton, joined by my co-host for the day, a guy who's started as an interview, and now he's been bumped all the way up to co-host. It's Muhammad But Muhammad, I know you're walking home from work, and we're going to be talking yeah. to you as you're on your travel, but I appreciate the time. Hey, my friend. It's a pleasure. You know, I'm always a... I'm always happy to get a promotion, you know. I thought it was good going when I first came on the podcast. I'd just been laid off, then I got a chief writer at a squawker gig, and now I'm co host of the podcast, mate. I'm moving up in the world. I'm moving up. I'm like, uh, I'm like, um, what's his name? Sergio Sampa. Well, hopefully more successful than Sergio Sampa, you know, maybe more like Javi in '99, that sort of thing. <laughs> the middle ground is Sergio Roberto in the middle there. Yeah, there you go. That's that's that. He, and he's got lovely hair, hasn't he? But he's actually Sergio San Roberto is one of the few players that we're not going to be talking about in our La Gran Pagunta segment. And we've got plenty of La Ronda questions later on the show. So without further ado, let's hit to La Gran Pagunta, which is basically what will an exodus entail? As we're going to focus on the players that could be leaving the club, and that seems to be yeah. half the guys or more than half the guys in training. Let me rattle them off, Mohammed, and then we'll yeah. go through a few of them. And you, we can almost put them in different camps here. You have Jasper Sillison, one of the guys who you probably don't want to see leave. Denise Suarez, who most likely, obviously, at this point, is not going to be leaving. Thomas Vermillion, who we obviously won't be seeing leaving if all indications are proper. But then you have the list with Andre Gomes, Alex Vidal, Douglas, Rafinha, and Lucas Dinier is actually in the first camp, probably not leaving. Yuri Mina, Paco Akather, Munir Haladadi, Marlon Santos, Jose Arnaiz, and Sergi Samper. And that is a huge list of guys who all have, again, depending on what your sources are and who you're following on social media, all those guys could be gone from the club or put out on loan or not in the squad in just about a month and a half time. And that's just a huge list. So obviously, it's hard, Muhammad, to dissect which guys are going to be around and which ones yeah. are, are going to be seeking greener pastures. Right away, you can tell the club is looking to sell Yeri Mina, so uh, the Marlon's going nowhere. He'll be the fourth centre-back again, which I personally would rather see Yeri Mina there, but I also understand the fact that Yeri Mina probably is never going to suit Barcelona's style of football, and at the same time, uh, he needs to play regularly, more regularly than a fourth for a centre-back could, could, could possibly do. You look at Longley, you look at PK, you look at Mtiki, um, you've got three brilliant centre-backs there. Obviously, Longley is a, is a cut a step below PK and Mtiki, but I think that's a fantastic little, little three, three way you got there. And then you've got Vermaelen as the backup, as the fourth guy. He'll come in if he has to come in. He won't come in. It's, it's, not, it's not the end of the world if he doesn't play too much. Uh, Lucas Dean, I think Lucas Dean might actually go because you look at Juan Miranda, recently signed a new contract, young, promising left-back. 200 million buyout clause. The club knows this kid is, is for real. You look at his age. He's 18. Jordi Alba is, what, 29? Jordi Alba will probably start losing his pace in about two years, like three years maybe. So you look at Jordi Alba. You've got, you need, he needs a backup, and he needs a backup that can play in a similar sort of style, can understand Barcelona. The thing with Lucas Dean is Lucas Dean, I think, is a fantastic fullback, but he doesn't play like Jordi Alba in any way, shape, or form. Now, again, I'm not saying that Miranda does either, but I feel like you, I can see that if a club, if an offer comes in for Lucas Dean, just to purely to raise funds and to trim the wage bill, they'll sell him and they'll bring in Juan Miranda and Juan Miranda as the backup, who will play backup minutes to Jordi Alba. 
So I think that that's pretty good. But you obviously, Andre Gomez, you've got to get rid of him. Well, it's much harder now. You ditch George Mendes as his agent. Uh, Alex Vidal. I still think Alex Vidal's departure depends on if if another winger comes in. I don't know if it's William or whoever it is, but if Barca doesn't sign another wing, I think Alex Vidal stays pretty from a depth, depth perspective. I think Denis Suarez stays from a depth perspective as well. Much as I think I'd love him to just go, because I feel like he would blossom at a club like Villarreal, where he'd play every week, you know, versus Barca, where he's playing here and there, sometimes playing well, sometimes not playing well. Oh, God, who else was there? Um, yeah, Munir. I'd love to, also, yeah, Munir. I'd love to see us sell Paco Alcácer and keep Munir as the backup to Suarez, because I think Munir has a lot to offer. Um, but apparently the club isn't linked up. Who else? Who else? Who else? I mean, everyone else is pretty much just Marlon. I don't know what the hell that was all about. I think that was like some sort of weird experiment, almost like, but he's probably going to get sold. Yeremina's probably going to get sold. You can, if you make 50 million from those two, uh, which it shouldn't really be hard given how well Yeremina played at the World Cup, you know, that, that, that's pretty good. Then you can just start sending other guys, Lucas Dean, so on and so forth. And you make as much money as you can make from those guys, you know, I mean, happy it- days, right? And is it is it a little worrisome that I, I know we're only midway through July, but within the coming week, going to be sending a team to the United well here to the United States, should I say, to for that preseason tour? And then again, you look at all those names. Even a guy who most likely won't be sold, but could be sent out on another loan in Sergi Samper. Those kind of guys still don't know what their future is, and so they're going to be entering new clubs if they are to be leaving later on in the season. And, and part with that is that. With the English transfer window being moved up this season, you've got to expect that they have to do their business before that English transfer window gets done. And you always look at, I always think, and Frances and I have for a while, talk, we talk about the NBA quite a lot, and you think about it as musical chairs where there's only so many spots. You even look at Jasper Sillison, how the goalkeeper merry-go-round and how the move by Allison from Roma to Liverpool affects where Jasper Silson winds up and whether or not a team is going to pay 30 or 35 or 40 million euro for Jasper Silson. And that it is like that merry-go-round where a guy like Rafinha, I think tons of clubs would want, but also with his injury concerns, Barcelona is just waiting for a high enough bid. And I think the teams are going to continue to throw those low offers in until Barcelona bolt. Yeah, with, with Rafinha, the club is just going to take a bath on Rafinha. It's a tragedy. He's a magnificent footballer. When he's injury-free, he's just never injury-free. Uh, he's always like five games away from his next big injury. And he never gets little injury. He gets big ones as well. Every year, it's like some massive thing which out for two months. You can't trust him. Into the only club remotely interested in buying him. Even they chickened out after they looked at the price and his injury record. The club is going to take a bath on him. They'll send him out on loan or lose him for free or whatever. He won't make the club any money, which is very sad to say because I love Rafinha. I've always preferred him to Thiago, to be honest. But he's... Not going to make any money. Citizen, uh, I think Citizen has a chance. I think he was never, how can I put this? You know, he never seemed to have what Liverpool needed, clearly, after after Carriers' mistake, is a, is a personality. Like, Carriers was a fine goalie. He had actually had a really, really good season, just he made a massive mistake in the biggest game of the season. Uh, and it was like, and he sort of seemed to shrink from that. I think what they've signed with Allison is a big personality, a big presence, right? Allison, remember, Allison got smacked for six, five goals by Liverpool. Uh, you know, Barca stuck four past him at the Camp Nou. No one really remembers that because he has a big personality and he stands up and all that stuff. So I think, but I think Sillison, where he fits perfectly, especially now that he's now they've got a new manager, is Chelsea. I think Chelsea, they've lost Courtois, obviously. 
They've lost, they've lost out on Allison, but they, they need a goalie that can pass because you've got to play Sadie football, right? And Sadie ball, need, you need a, a goalie that can pass. I mean, he had Pepe Reina in Napoli for years. Why? Because Reina can pass. I think Sillison possibly is a very, very great. It's a great option for Chelsea, frankly. I think if they should spend thirty. I don't think they'll pay the buyout, but you know, fifty, sixty million. I think that's what they should be paying that. They should be looking to pay that because he is absolutely perfect for them. And you know, I think Sillison isn't, isn't perhaps the player that the club want to sell. Want to sell because oh my god, if you've got the Dutch number one as your backup, why wouldn't you want that? Like he's perfect for Barca, really. His only fault is that he's not as good as Stegen, which is not really an issue. And he's happy to be a backup. That's the thing. It's like when Stegen was backup, he was very, very clearly agitating to be number one. Sillison seems happy in his status. I don't know why in particular, but he is. So maybe Sillison says, maybe he goes. Again, I feel like if the club want to to make some money, they might start trying to push the transfer. But I don't know. To me, yeah, you look at the guys, it's it's not very well planned, this squad. But then at the same time, you have to understand, I think this summer is always going to be a mess because Barca are correcting for years of just putting together a shoddy squad not really managing the youth contracts very well, not really telling players where they're going, where they're not going. There's no real, there was no real plan for integrating this generation of La Masia players after the golden one. You know, they were sort of like, it's like, yeah, they'll play, but they didn't play. And you, you, none of them were really given a chance except Munir briefly. And then for some reason, not, he was discarded. And if, if ever, Paco Alcácer and Sergio Roberto. And Sergio Roberto was given a chance, multiple chances, and he integrated and it's just, it's just really funny to me that it's like, look, no, no, we're not saying these guys are going to be Xavi and Iniesta, right? And Messi. That, that doesn't happen. But they could still be very good if you just play them. Like, Pedro was going to be binned off by the club until Pep said, no, 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 let's play him. He's a very, he has his, has, has his uses. And I think you look at all the players Barca are trying to bin off, and especially some, like I said, Munir. I think Munir has, really does have his use. You know, you play him as a backup striker, you give him minutes against. Because Luis Suarez should not be playing against the bottom five sides in that league, home or away. Like he's he's 30, he's thirty, what is he thirty one now? But he's got with his body type, he's like may as well be 35, 36. He can't and because he, he doesn't know how to like look at look at Cristiano as a good example. Right, Cristiano has restricted his game, re, re, contracted his game, take lock bits off and become very streamlined, very efficient, and that you know that's that's worked out well for him. Right, he's probably scoring more efficiently than, than ever, maybe. You look at Suarez. Suarez can't do that. Suarez has to play 100 miles an hour all the time. He doesn't know how to lock, lock bits off his game. So the only, the only solution to him then playing and burning him out is then you don't play him as much. You have to restrict him. I, I've been saying for two years now, but I need to restrict Luis Suarez. He should not be playing more than 40 games a season. I would say even if you can get it down to around 30, 35, I would do that. I would not play him against any of the bottom eight, bottom 10, bottom, maybe even bottom 10 sides in the Liga. Unless it's Espanyol, I would not play him against the bottom side in La Liga. Just rest him, especially at the camp now. Just rest him. Just put him in, put him on ice, man. They even bring him off the bench because he doesn't know. Messi knows how to modulate himself, how to control his energy output, right? Uh, a lot of great players do that. Even even Usman Dembele and Felipe Coutinho know how to do that. You can watch them doing it, right? Suarez has no idea how to do that, and he just runs himself into the ground every time he plays. So he needs to be, he needs to be rested and controlled. And you did you did bring up you did bring up Sergio Roberto as we're gonna transition to Loranda because we have a ton yeah. of questions and the the one thing I would add to that is you mentioned Sergio Roberto and he, he's 26 years old at this point so the the whole thing about the academy producing yeah. is is, well. is it's 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 right it's it's trite and it's now 
over. But you, the, the thing you said about Luis Suarez that I, I think is true, that Valverde is we're clearly seeing, yes, it's preseason. Yes, guys are still away in the World Cup. But he's clearly taking a hard and long look at guys who could deliver. And he could. we expect Abel Ruiz to go on that preseason tour. And while he'll be the starter for Barca B, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think he is, having seen him at the U20, you don't want to overhype guys. But in the same respect, you know that he's a guy that he's a kid that if you put him next to Coutinho or Messi and you just put him up in the middle and instead of those Copa del Rey squads where you just wholesale put all these youngsters in together, if you mix yeah. and match experience yeah. with some of that, when we saw Boyan all those years ago succeeding, it was because he was succeeding surrounded by veterans. It wasn't this yeah. youthful squad. And so I think that's what we haven't seen from Barcelona's starting eleven in a long time. But yeah, yeah. you nailed it, my friend. That's exactly it. you. You want to? And I do. I do think Abadouris and Juan Miranda are the two Lama, current La Masia kids that we'll see break through. And Alenia, of course, Alenia, who's already sort of well, depending on how he recovers from injury. But Alenia, Juan Miranda, and Abadouris are the three that I think are going to come through of, the, of this generation. Everyone else, probably not. You know. I'm pretty high on I'm pretty high on Pooch myself, but I, again, that just might be the hype train. But of, of what I've seen of him, central central midfielders, he got to wait a while, man. That, that, it's it's going to be like three years, two two years, maybe three before we really know. Right. This is this is the thing with centre mids, right? It's like it's such a cerebral position. Like, look at Sampa. We all thought Sampa was going to be a lot because he should have been a lot. He looked like he was. You just don't know how they're going to develop. How they're going to, passing midfielders with Barca passing midfielders, unless they learn how to cope with the physical demands of the game, and Sampa never has. You don't know, and that, that's something you can't predict even on the 18. Right? No one could have predicted. Javi uh, uh, only, look, only looked the way he did 18 because he played 18 in the first team. Van Hal pushed him in. Without that, Iniesta. Look, I'm sorry, I, know, I don't care what anyone says. No one except Pep Guardiola knew Andres Iniesta was going to be literally probably the second or third best midfielder of all time when he was that young. Because you just couldn't tell how would he adapt to the physicality. How did he become that? But you're watching him, you're thinking, can he really handle the physicality? And then Rijkaard's playing him in defensive midfield, playing him on the wing, and you're thinking, okay, yeah, this guy can handle it. You know what I mean? So it's like Ricky Pooch, you just don't know. You just don't know. I love Big Ricky. I, love, I hope, he, hope he's a roaring success, but I don't, I don't want to... I don't want right. to call it just yet. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah, got to no, wait and see how, how he handles the big lads. Because it's one thing with, the, with a fullback with... Uh, a striker. These these are these are athletic positions. You know, you can you can see them getting handling. It's not really. It, 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 I don't want to say it's easier, but it's easier to break through. Breaking through this young centre mid is so difficult, especially for Barca. So I just I just want to hold off and just I don't want to put any pressure on the kid. I want to let him develop naturally. Do you know what I mean? Agreed. And a lot a lot of those juvenile art players with Pimiento, you're going to be seeing. Callado and Pooch at that level as the starters week in and week out as opposed to just making yeah. Barca B bench appearances. But, okay, we have to get to La Ronda now, so yeah. here we go. Let's start from the closed Facebook group. Again, their questions are preferential to us, so we're going to start with a question from Rick. Thinking back from last year when it looks like the team was in a place to get the treble, then they wind up with two of the three. What yeah. mistakes must Barca do to make – what should Barca do, should I say, rather, to yeah. make sure that they don't make the same mistakes from last season – and burnout being one of those big questions. And you did kind of answer it where yeah, Luis Suarez is a big part of that. But what about in the midfield? What do you do now that the – and we're going to tie in some other questions too. People asking about Arthur, about even if De Young shows up, about Elena when he gets healthy. What do you do when you have a youthful midfield like that? And what kind of rotation – again, you said about Luis Suarez, but how about beyond that? There's two key players that need to be rotated, right? And the names are Luis Suarez and Sergio Busquets. 
for the last, I don't know how many years, Sergio Busquets has arrived at March in the season looking absolutely dead on his feet. He plays way, way, way too freaking much. And it's just, and it's a real problem for Barca. It's a real problem for Barca because he's, the, he's everything in the midfield, you know, since Xavi's left. So Barca need to find a backup. They don't have a backup. Sam Perez didn't quite measure up. Okay, fine. But we've seen last season, even Rakitic can play at the base of midfield and play very well there. And Arthur can play at the base of midfield, can play very well there. So the, the solution here is clear. Against the smaller teams, again, like I said before, bottom five teams in La Liga, bottom six, bottom seven, at home especially. Maybe, maybe not so much away, but at home definitely. No Busquets. Just, just rest him. Just rest him. Cut about 500 to 1,000 minutes off his season. The guy's playing 4,000 minutes regularly. Cut off about get that down to 3,000 minutes. You're going to see a football sketch in March. That's going to be that's going to be all different. And then the same thing with Suarez, right? Because Suarez is, is your goal scorer. He's your big presence number nine. You need him. You need him fit. Don't don't burn him out. Uh, I get you know. This is the thing about the Messi can modulate. Messi's fine. PK well PK also could use being rested, and that's where but we've all, but that's already been addressed. Long lays come in. That's going to be sorted out. But yeah, Busquets and uh, and, and Suarez are the big ways. To, the big ways that Barca avoid addressing that because look, the March international break has destroyed Barcelona. Every year, Luis Suarez, since Luis Suarez has joined the club, every, not even that, sorry, since Tata Martino, the March international break has destroyed Barcelona, the exception of one year, and that year was 14-15, and that year was, that was the only year that Luis Suarez, aka Barca's main striker, did not go play international football. He was suspended from Uruguay, wasn't he? Didn't go, stayed in Barcelona, was fully fit. The March international break kills Barcelona's players. Because you have to dip at some point physically in the season, right? And Barca's, for some reason, their, their, their physical preparation, has let it, their periodization has led it to be March, right? Late February, early March. And I get it. That's when you usually, you know, I'm about to haunt the club every time because, I mean, they've been unlucky getting some tough draws as well. Let's be real. Atletico Madrid twice, that's not easy. But then, of course, they got Roma this year, which, which was, I mean, not an easy draw, but it was, it shouldn't have been, Barca shouldn't have lost that game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so so the, the trick is, you know, rest Suarez, rest Busquets, rest Piquet. And I mean, yeah, and, and also, I suppose the other thing would be to sign more Europeans, I guess. <laughs> it, it sounds weird to say, but, you know, like part of the reason why I think Real Madrid find it so easy or found it so easy to dominate the Champions League is because all the international breaks, their players aren't going very far. They're all Europeans. They're going around Europe and that's it. Barca's front MSN, all going to South America, transatlantic, it's two transatlantic flights. Not to mention the fights all around South America, which is massive as well. So, you know, uh, purely from a from a tra- cutting down travel standpoint, that's why I, I mean I'm pretty sure that's part of the reason why they were so high on Griezmann. It's like yeah. he's a world class player and he's French, doesn't have to go very far. Well, I think, so you know, well, I think so, yeah. isn't, isn't that the funny thing too about the that Real Madrid are are buying up and they just bought a, another. Spanish player and another guy went to the World Cup in, in yeah, Odrizale, yeah exactly and so with Real Madrid buying up all these Spanish players that's again something that in theory shouldn't affect Barcelona but then you look I mean it's just a small small byproduct and one of the small minute factors that wind up adding up and another question yeah. we'll ask about looking back to last season uh, Luke asks besides Messi who do you see as the most vital Barca player for success and how does that move to the upcoming season? Like, for me, when you were saying about Busquets and Luis Suarez, yeah. I kind of worry about even Rakitic, if anything, because he played more 
first team football than any other player at the top 70, level this year. And 70 games, man. Right. I, I worry about Rakitic, and I found him to be maybe not the most vital Barca player next to Messi. I, I Believe it or not, I think it would be Ter Stegen. TD was really important in the first half of the season, but Ter Stegen was really, really important for me. And Rakitic would be maybe even number three with the way that Barca relied on him so much game in and game out. He did he did excellent work basically helping because Busquets was exhausted again by season's end. It was Rakitic carrying the load in midfield to the end of the season because Busquets was just flipping dead in his feet, couldn't really move much. Rakitic was sensational. He had a brilliant World Cup. For me, was just as good as Modric, not as flashy, but because he played a subservient role as he always does, like the nicest guy in the world. Um, so yeah, for me, Rakitic. But the thing with Rakitic is for me, right? What makes what makes that whole situation different is Barca going to return to four three three this season. I think we'll see a lot more four three three, which immediately means Coutinho's an in interior, right? Which means Arthur's there, which means Busquets. So I think basically immediately you have and there's Alenia as well. I think you have more options to rotate Rakitic out. Like, like I said, you know, you shouldn't play. You should rotate Rakitic, Rakitic using to using to sub Busquets. Well, you could use Arthur to sub Rakitic in some games. You know, you could use Alenia to sub Rakitic. You could use Coutinho. You know, you don't have to play Rakitic every game because you've got Arthur now, an actual midfielder, and they're looking to add another midfielder. Like if Barca get Labio, Rakitic could really. Again, it's just all about managing the minutes of these guys, right? They're all human beings. You've got to understand they can't constantly play. But if you if you bring in viable options, part of the problem with Barcelona have had is Andre Gomez has not panned out at all, and Paulinho himself was exhausted second half last season because of course he was just playing on from his Chinese super. So he hadn't had a break since like what uh, end of December, end of 2017, like for all of 2018. Uh, sorry, end of uh, 2016. And uh, then he played all of 2017, and then he was like so he'd been playing for over a year by the time uh, you know we reached the end of the season in 2017-18. So. Yeah, you know, you, you, you take that, that Paulinho problem away, you take the Gomez problem away, you bring in Arthur, who can play seriously and probably will second half season becoming very good to play serious minutes. You bring in uh, a new signing, a new midfielder. They clearly want to sign someone. I don't know if it's Rabio, if it's, if it's, uh, if it's um, Thiago, whoever the hell it is, basically. They're going to sign another midfielder. I mean, I'd look at Lobotka from Celtic if they miss out on all their big targets, but whatever, you know, you bring in another midfielder. Then you know that's that's you've you've you automatically reduced the load on Rakitic. I do agree, Rakitic is important, but Busquets is the key guy, apart from Messi to keep fit. Then there's also Piquet, there's also Suarez, there's also Rakitic. You know, basically the spine of the side. Keep the spine of the side in good health. You're pretty much going to be all right. Well, you kind of started answering that question, and this, I mean, we had tons of questions. We appreciate all the yeah. questions, but um, that this is one of the reasons I bought I brought you on for this question in particular, Muhammad. And yeah. it's I, I've seen you on Twitter recently. You've been you've been talking to people, and we got a question from Xavier, a guy named Frances Tomas. If you've ever heard that name, and Charlie Barca uh-huh. all asks, is Valverde bringing in the right players to play a four three three that he wants to transition to? And where this goes off and. There's two different tangents I think, Mohammed, you can take with this is, well, one, the easy one is who is your ideal starting 11? And you did kind of start naming them. But of course, where that's Coutinho is in the midfield, the winger position, I've been asking all my different co-hosts throughout the week. And in part two of that is the, the dialogue you've been having on Twitter recently uh, with how we yeah, define how Barca needs to play. Yeah. And so about the Valverde, about the purism, I guess. So where do you stand with Valverde trying to go back to this 4-3-3, I guess I'd say? Well, first thing is, I, the funny thing about quote-unquote Cruyff Twitter is they sound like Van Hal. They don't even sound like Cruyff. They sound like dogmatists who are sticking to a formation religiously who are absolutely you know, obsessed with adhering to their principles rather than actually saying, hey, this player's really good. Maybe I should play him as well. 
you know, Corey, remember, this is the guy who had uh, Switchkov, uh, uh, Laudrup, and Kuman, and then thought, oh, I'll buy Romario. You know what I mean? So this is a guy who was open to bending to players and to skill sets and stuff. They, these these people on Twitter, they sound like Van Hal, which is hilarious, because they, uh, they worship Cruyff, and Cruyff, as we know, hated Van Hal. So, um, but yeah, look, uh, what do I think? I think, yeah, 43 has to be there. 43 was meant to be the way last season. Everyone's forgetting this. Barca started the season playing 43, false nine. Messi was, the whole point of Valverde was to bring Messi into the middle of the pitch, not having any of this asymmetrical stuff that Luis Enrique was messing around with. Messi into the middle of the pitch, surround him with wits. That Usman Dembele was going to be winger on the right. Luis Suarez was going to be an inside forward on the left. Jordi Alba was going to own the left flank. What happened was two things. Luis Suarez was injured and had played through it like an idiot instead of getting an operation. Uh, and then was just rubbish for half a season as a result. And Usman Dembele got injured for half a season. So immediately right there, your fourth to three, fourth line doesn't work. Because De La Feo is not up to the task. Luis Suarez is injured, can't handle the physical load of playing that position. So what do you do? You change it up a little bit. 4-4-1-1, obviously heretical to Barcelona. And I understand it. It was horrible when I was watching it. It was like, oh, you know, I didn't like it either. But it was for a purpose. It was for a reason. Because Barca couldn't play the formation he wanted to play. You know, so he had to adjust. He had to keep Messi in the middle of the pitch. That was essential. Right? He, had to, he also had to keep Suarez on the field in a role where he didn't have to constantly. He still did anyway because he's an idiot. But he didn't have to run the channels constantly and go out wide constantly. And so that, that's where the 4 one came from. Now he's going to go back to 43. I'm almost certain of it. We, we, we'll see Messi on the right sometimes, I'm sure. We'll see Messi as a false nine, I imagine, in big games. I'm almost certain of that. Uh, that explains why he wanted Luis, uh, Antoine Griezmann. If you look at Griezmann, what's Griezmann really good at? Uh, where did he break through for El Sociedad? Playing as a left-sided left wing forward where he scored those goals. So you can see exactly how he fits in in that formation there. Didn't happen. Probably for the best. Whatever. Um you know, you look at Martial, who's another oh, person I've been talking about. But yeah, look at Martial. There you go. Midfield, what do you do? Well, you need Busquets at the base, right? And then you need a controlling midfield. You need someone that can pass the ball, link the play. You look at Arthur, that's Arthur. That's Arthur all over. You listen to what he's been saying up in that interview. It's pure. It's Xavi. It's what you want. Xavi. You know, he's, I'm not saying Xavi, but it's, it's the mindset of Xavi. Give the ball... You pass the ball, you give, you get, you receive it, you pass it, receive it, you pass it, receive it, you pass it. You're always moving, looking when to, when to speed up tempo, when to slow down the tempo. Arthur says, I can play at the base, I can play it further forward. It's not a problem. So he's a starter. That's... He's a starter for you? No, 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 not, no, no, not yet, not yet. Okay. He's twenty. He's twenty-one years old. He's just coming from Brazil. <laughs> I know. We don't. He's got to adapt, but he's the starter. He is the. He is the future of the midfield. Is he the present? I don't think he starts opening day. I don't think he's unless, of course, he. Like immediately settles in, like which, which I mean, look, it's happened before. Players have come in and look like they've been there for, been at the club for years. Rakic, I thought Muzanin was one of the players who did that. Um, so will he will he start day one? Maybe I guess I don't know how Smith does in preseason, but I would not expect anything from him until 2019. Uh, I think uh, he needs time to adapt. You know, we'll see him every now and again, but he's a midfielder at Barcelona. That's not an easy position to play. I would, I, I would expect he needs time to adapt. But let's see. But by the, cha- the time the Champions knockout rounds roll around, I would want him in the starting eleven um, Because he, he is a player that knows how to control the game, which is exactly what Barcelona needs. Uh, Busquets is the base midfielder. Who is the third midfielder? I think that depends entirely on situation. I think if you're playing at home, I think if you're playing a team worse than you, home or away, if you're playing a big team at home, I think you put Coutinho in the middle. Um I think you put Coutinho in the middle, and I think you put uh, Suarez or whoever the other striker is up front, right? With the current squad. 
if you're playing a big team away from home or a tricky away game, let's say Espanol away, you know, you don't really want to, you know, I think you put Coutinho in the forward line and I think you bring in Rakitic into midfield and you have Rakitic, Arthur and Busquets. I mean, or, or to start the season, I think you just have Rakitic, uh, Arthur and maybe Dennis Suarez. I don't know. Rakitic, Busquets and Dennis Suarez, sorry. But the, the whole point is, you use you use players situationally. There is no there is no all conquering one eleven for all games, all situations. That's the one thing that was that that's what basically brought down Barcelona in the Tito season was because obviously Tito was ill, um, and he couldn't really make he didn't have the strength to make changes and stuff, right? And then Jordi Rua was was taking charge of things, and Jordi Rua is not gonna make big calls. So he just played the same team over and over again. That's when the idea of this gala 11 sort of emerged, really. Before then, Pep would rotate here and there regularly. Now, that was a big thing of Pep's. He was rotating constantly, different different 11s for different situations, always a very sort of similar focus and structure, but there's little changes here and there, here and there, here and there, depending on what the game wanted. And that's what Barca need to get back to, and that's what I think Valverde will get back to, to a degree. Well, you mentioned a spot in the you mentioned a spot in the midfield, and so you'll yeah. you'll get asked, do we really need to make any more signings like the ones yeah. we have been linked? Because that's what it is. This is the transfer time. So of course, in the last yeah. week, we've heard Pogba, Willian, Conte, and Hazard seems to be more closer to Real Madrid than he is Barcelona. We hear all these things, and for me, you know, you hear about the Ajax player. And another question from Ellie is, what do we know about Frankie De Young? Now, you know, the reports in Paris say that he's meeting with PSG instead, and you hear all the gossip. But for me, it's always when you hear about guys like Linglet. We heard just a little bit of rumors months and months ago, April, March, and same thing with Arthur. And now all of a sudden, they 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 resolve it in a week's time, less than a week's time. Yeah. And that's how Barcelona have conducted their business. So when you hear the Willian Conte Hazard things, obviously yeah. the, it looks like the club is look, going after a big fish, but there's no really no credence to those rumors. So how do you weed through figuring out? And, and I think I think you nailed it. First off, you look at who who was the club linked to initially? What were the reports saying? And then how are they still talking about them? Willian, to me, seems entirely to be agent-driven from their side. Uh, I know Mundo Deportivo are reporting it, but it seems to me like it, there's, it doesn't make any sense, basically. Unless the club are getting ready to get rid of Dembele, why would you sign another winger who is uh, eight years older than Dembele and, frankly, not that much better than Dembele? I mean, t- in terms of ceiling-wise, forget about it, it's not even close. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense it really to sign Willian. Obviously, the club just want, want, wanted to sign Griezmann as a forward, who knows if that was an idea to sign a forward or if that was just a market opportunity thing because he's so world-class. Uh, for me, yes, Barcelona on the midfield, absolutely, uh, because Andre Gomez is useless, basically. He can't be relied upon. So you got rid of Pali and you brought in Arthur. That's an upgrade, huge upgrade. Now you need another midfielder because you can't be... If Elena was fully fit, maybe okay, maybe not, but you can't be relying on, on Elena coming back from an injury to do something. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. So, And yeah, to me, you look at Rabiot. Right, Barca were linked with him a few times, right? Yeah, suddenly it's all gone quiet. But no one else has been linked with him. So, yeah, to me, that's the guy. But, you know, Thiago also would be fine, I suppose. Although I've never been as much, never been as much of a fan as Thiago as most Barca fans, to be honest. But, yeah, I think Barca needed midfielder. And then, yeah, you could argue a wing, a forward. Basically, not a winger, in the sense, not a pure winger like Willian. To me, Eden Hazard is... How can I put it this way? He's a bit of a... He's just soft, man. He's not, not soft, that's the wrong word. <laughs> He doesn't. He's, I don't, I'm not saying he's lazy, but he seems very lazy to me. He's obviously a world-class player. He has, he has the ability to be the third best player in the world after Messi and Neymar. I think no question in my mind about that. You look, you just look at how well he played against Brazil in the World Cup. But the thing is, too 
that sort of level. He's just too happy to coast through games, and he, we can see him disappear from games too often. Too often he does that. To me, for the amount of money Chelsea would want, which is poor north of, I would imagine, north of 150 million, to me, no. No, thank you. Uh, William, at least you know he'll work hard constantly, which I'm sure Valverde would adore. You know, defensive protection. All that nonsense. But um, to me, again, even William is not the one. If you're going to sign a forward, which, I again, I, I do understand that you think it's not a bad idea because Luis Suarez is 31, and with his physical style, how much more, how much longer can you actually rely on him? But then again, I also understand the idea of, of waiting for Abadouris to bring him through, you know? But honestly, Anthony Martial, you know? It's not going to happen before the Premier League starts because obviously United's got so many World Cup players away. They won't actually, they need Martial to start in the Premier League. Mourinho has said that. But, you know, the window then goes on for another three weeks after the, after the Premier League one shuts. So for me, you wait, you Lukaku and Rashford to get back, immediately bump Martial off, off the. Um, the starting list for United, and you know, you see what happens. That's what I do if I had to sign someone a forward. But the big priority is midfield. Arsenal need another midfielder, hundred ten percent. Another forward would be ideal, would be lovely, but it's not essential. I mean, last year I managed to sort of, I managed to spearhead a campaign to get Barcelona to sign Jean Michel Serri, and they almost did it just because social media, Serri's plan, hashtag Serri's plan, all that social media pressure and stuff. So I might start a Martial one this year to try and wake them up again, but. Well, if that's the case, then then Martial might wind up at Fulham in uh, a, a year's time. Hey, I tell you what, mate, that's a brilliant bit of business by Fulham. Seti is a Green. player who I think had to, you know needed a move, didn't get a move, and in that classic fashion, you know when you know when players like they're itching for a move and then they don't get it and they just sort of their form just sort of collapses. You know, it's not surprised me that Seti didn't get the move by the way because he's a he's an African playmaker, and we all know um, the quote unquote you know. African Africans are defensive midfielders. They're not really, you know. So it's just he he was unappreciated in part. I imagine I would suspect because he's African and a playmaker rather than African and defensive midfielder. But right. look, I think he'll do well for Fulham. Good for Seti. For Barca, I think Barca absolutely. Yeah, you look at midfielder. Rabiot would be my pick, and then you look at God. The forwards Barca have linked to are just horrible. But I mean, right. I guess Woody and out of them. But really, none of those four. You want to sign someone like like Martial, maybe even Timo Werner. Maybe even Ali, Jahan, Ali Reza Jahanbash, you know, from uh, the Irani, Irani forward. No, you know, I mean, he's not got a massive profile, but he's got the kind of skill set you want, you know. Uh, you're, signing, you're signing a backup striker. That's that's the whole idea. It's not going to be a... In theory, it wouldn't be a starter. In theory, it would be a backup that's going to at, at least start 30, 20 to 30% of your games. So that'll wrap up the show. Mohammed, thanks so much for coming on. And you talked about it at the beginning where you wound up. But again, how can people follow you? Obviously, on Twitter, you can give your handle, but also your other work. Yeah, I mean, facebook.com forward slash Muhammad, but M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D-B-U-T-T. That's my basic page. You'll find all my writing on there from Squawker and other stuff I do. And then, yeah, on Twitter, same handle, Muhammad Butt on Twitter. Follow me, you know, leave me nice comments. I like people leave me nice comments. First, when people call me you know, horrible names, and you know, it's just for having a different opinion on football. But that's that's you know, that's one of the beauties of of, uh, of what I do. You know, if, you, know you, you put your opinion out there, people just go, ah, you're an idiot, shut up. But, well, they say they say much horrible, more horrible things than that. But you know, I don't want to. So it's a nice podcast. I don't want to ruin it with it <laughs> with with their horrible language. No, look, I yeah, it's a pleasure being on as always. And um, yeah, follow me and say nice things to me. Makes me happy. And you know. 
let's all hope for let's all get, start pulling for Barca to actually do some interesting stuff. Very true. So thanks again to Mohammed and thanks for all you for tuning in to another edition of the Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon and Forza Barca. What if Santa didn't need eight reindeer to guide him through the night? Hey, Mercedes, map me to Kalamazoo. Okay, mapping the fastest route to Michigan. Or what if his sleigh could get real-time weather info? Hey, Mercedes, what's the temperature on the 25th? 22 degrees. Rooftops may be icy. Mercedes-Benz MBUX technology hasn't made it to flying sleighs, but it's available to you on the A-Class, the GLE, or GLC. And you can get them all for an exceptional price during the Mercedes-Benz winter event. MBUX commands simulated. And now, an ad from Dad. All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.